And Laura, I have to know, like, do you guys already know what clip you're going to use in the beginning in the intro? I was going to, on the way to work, I was trying to think of a way to just say, like, vagina or period or penis <laughs> or like... <laughs> Welcome to our latest episode of the Good and Grounded podcast. It's a bite-sized discussion with some dynamic leaders who are working to solve some of our most challenging issues facing our community. I'm Laura Love, and as always, I'm joined by my fabulous co-host, Jim Lucco. Thanks, Laura. Our guest today was recently named as the new CEO of Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains, a leading reproductive health care provider serving Colorado, Southern Nevada, New Mexico, and Wyoming since 1916. This dynamic leader has a long and deep connection to the organization based on her time as PPRM's chief experience officer, as a board member, and as a patient herself. Her leadership is sure to be in the spotlight as we near the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, which uh, is in jeopardy, of course, of being overturned later this year. Uh, please welcome to the show a leader who is most certainly able to shine in that spotlight, Adrian Manzanares. Thank you so much for joining us, Adrian. Thank you, Jim. Thanks, Laura. Of course. So Adrian, I have to ask, I've watched you, I've listened to you, and this is a passion that cannot be contrived. It is not made up, but it is effervescent. And what has made you so incredibly passionate about these issues that PPRM works on? Well, I'll say I am incredibly passionate about the potential of community when everyone has everything they need to succeed. So that's kind of my first foundation of what drives me to be a great mom, you know, a good friend, to be a wonderful neighbor and to contribute as best as we can is this concept around what makes a really thriving, healthy community. And so like other folks that you've interviewed on this podcast before, that could be housing issues, it could be transportation, it could be um, childcare, it could be behavioral healthcare. So for me, the passion really is that we're all contributing to think about how we have thriving communities. And I feel really lucky that I get to do that work within an organization that is so focused on a singular issue. And I love that. I have a very simple range of healthcare that we provide that's common, that every single person needs in their life. And I, I like that a lot. It's not complicated. It's not confusing. We provide really great care to folks who need it. Um, and it happens to be a kind of care that people remember a lot. So mm. one in five people go to a Planned Parenthood, and I imagine that all of them remember their experience. Um, you know, when I talk to people about where I work, they have very strong opinions about it. Often it's because they remember a time when they needed someone who would listen to them, who gave them confidential care because they grew up in a small community or it's the first time they really felt seen. And so I really like that about this role and this job is that people have very positive memories of what it's like to go into a Planned Parenthood and feel that kind of magic moment of getting health care by a provider who really sees them. Well, and I love that. And Jim mentioned it and when he introduced you, but you have also a personal experience with this organization that that goes far before you joining them. 
Would you be willing to share a little bit about that? Oh, of course I would. And the more I hear from others, it's again, it's a really common experience. It's um, one in which literally millions of people have had in their life. But when it was me as Adrian, the 15 year old trying to figure out where I was going to go for birth control, I had a, I have a wonderful mom and she's super open with me and was always like, tell me when you're ready to get on birth control. Tell me when you're going to go ready to go to be on birth control. Um, and I'll just say hi to my mom because I absolutely want her to listen to this podcast. So hi, mom. I love you. You did an awesome job. And you may remember, mom, when I told you when I was, I was actually just 16 and I was ready to get on birth control and she burst into tears and she was like, no, really? Are you sure? Are you really ready? And she just started sobbing. And I remember I was like, mom, you know what? You're right. It's probably not time. It's okay. And so I called my friend and she drove me to a Planned Parenthood, which was nearby in uh, like near Highlands Ranch. I grew up, I was at the time in Southern rural Colorado. So we drove to Planned Parenthood and I got on birth control. And it was like, if I, within my experience that has a loving mom, super open to talk about anything. if I'm in that experience and I need to go to a Planned Parenthood when I, when they, you know, when I needed them, I wonder so much about our other patients who don't have that kind of privilege, who don't have a friend that they can call with gas money to drive an hour to get to a health center who may not had, I have a job at the time so I could pay for it financially. So that memory of being a patient and again, being seen and then using Planned Parenthood all throughout um, college. And I still am a patient. Um, So being able to come to a Planned Parenthood as a patient, I think is uh, again, one of those things that absolutely drives me. And I remember the feeling of needing to go and there being there when I needed them. That's great. And I don't know your mother, but I hopefully she is listening and go mom and wish more moms were that open, right? (laughs) Yeah. I love the way, Adrian, you broke it down to the simplicity of what the organization does, because there are so many things that are complex happening around it and surrounding it. Um, And to just, I guess, get to the point and one of the big questions we have, which is, you know, you've taken over the helm of CEO at this really pivotal point for Roe versus Wade. What are the implications for Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains specifically and the communities it serves relative to future Supreme Court decisions? We are really fortunate in Colorado that we have a groundswell of support for reproductive health care that has driven a movement to have champions everywhere. So for the state of Colorado, the implications of Roe v. Wade in and of itself is not um, that big of a deal. However, for our surrounding communities and other states across the country, this is a very damaging prospect because we believe, and you know, I'm not a constitutional law pundit, right? It's very hard to predict what, you know, something like that's going to happen. But there are lots of indications that people are looking to that the Supreme Court will will rule in June in a way that will dismantle a constitutional protection to be able to seek abortion care. So what we're predicting then is that the states around us who are anti-women's health, who do not believe in access to care, will create more and more abortion care bans So patients will be coming into Colorado. And if you'll just follow me, Jim and Laura, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what that means. So again, our community members here in Colorado can access the full spectrum of reproductive health care. And we already know, and we've seen it starting to happen, when people have to travel for care from other communities, 
it becomes a public health crisis. There's a strain and a burden on our ability to provide care, not only for people that are traveling from other states, but for our own communities here across the state of Colorado. So we have some small health centers um, in various rural communities across Colorado, of course, a handful in Metro Denver. Those health centers are having a hard time seeing basic birth control visits or if um, you know a neighbor down the street has a sexually transmitted infection or is concerned that maybe they've, they've been exposed to an infection, it's taking longer for us to see those patients because our patient care may be focused on other people coming in from other states. And I want to be careful not to other people. You know, when anyone walks into mm -hmm. a Planned Parenthood, we don't know their zip code. We don't know mm -hmm. who their elected officials are. Everyone's welcome into Planned Parenthood. But what we know is that we don't have the, in, the infrastructure in Colorado to be the nation's provider of this care. We really need the support of all of our partners on the ground across the country. So, you know, I think Planned Parenthood is synonymous with abortion. That's what people think of. But that's not the whole story. It's not even part of, you know, a small part of the story. It's there's so much more that you do. Would you just share that? Because I think that's so important, the services that you provide. Sure, you bet I will. Um, and before I do, I want to tell you that we proudly provide abortion care. It is a key service that one in four women of reproductive age needs. And yes, of course, we all need lots of different forms of care in our reproductive and sexual life. So for some of our patients, it may be hormonal therapy as they're transitioning into another gender. So we've, you know, testosterone or whatever kinds of hormonal therapy that our trans community may be looking for. So that's what I think of, I think about sexual health. Um, we also have medication for folks who may be, um, exposed to sexually transmitted infections, including HIV. And so either preventative care or in, you know, treatment, testing, which if you think about what we've learned during the pandemic, we all now easily go to Walgreens, we get a COVID test and I am testing myself when I kind of feel tired. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm like, I, is this what mid forties feels like or uh, do I have COVID? And so if we think about things like herpes, gonorrhea, syphilis, all these sexually transmitted infections that we could really eradicate in our communities that are very common if we would all just get tested and we could just normalize that. Um, like COVID, a lot of sexually transmitted infections are asymptomatic. So I'm really proud that that's one of the services that we provide and it's a no brainer. Come on in, get tested, you'll get your results. We can even coach you if you have to have a hard conversation with someone, but I know they'll appreciate knowing what's going on with their healthcare. So that's another thing we do. Um, you'll hear this phrase and I love these stories when you know I'm on an airplane or again at the barbecue talking to folks about what I do. We detect cancer, cervical cancer, and breast cancer, and it is a life-saving experience. So people with cervixes who have been seen at a Planned Parenthood, who have said, we've told that patient, you know, you may want to go get this checked out, and indeed have been able to prevent the spread of cervical cancer is incredible. Like, how meaningful is that? So all the cancer screenings, super important. And then things that people know, like, you know, my 16-year-old self, Adrian, going to get on birth control, all forms of birth control. And sometimes it's to prevent pregnancies. It may also just be for general health or whatever the provider and the patient um, want to have discussions about. That's the bulk of our visits. So anyway, just to say a lot of what we do is literally family planning. We talk with people about what's going on with their life and their health care and how they want to plan their futures. 
it's almost like it's in the name, Planned Parenthood. Um, <laughs> not to oversimplify it. Um, well, what there are a lot of things like right in front of your face right now, and we've been talking about them throughout throughout our time here. Bigger picture, what is next for PPRM? What what are the goals here? I believe that there are still physical spaces of our footprint that we should be looking toward both to help serve rural communities, but also to serve communities that may be traveling from these hateful laws in other states. Sadly, I don't think those are going away anytime soon. We're looking, some people are projecting as long as a decade or even two decades to regain some of that traction that other states have lost in the openness around healthcare. I want our health centers to be welcoming, kind, warm places of care that is like you would expect with any other kind of healthcare provider. So it's it's that that Planned Parenthood experience, that branded feeling of I'm getting great, great healthcare. So that's the first thing is really taking a look at our physical map and making sure we're in the right place. The second thing is telehealth. We still have a lot of growth there. There are so many people who don't want to be touched by a provider ever again, and they may not ever have to. And I love that, like perfectly healthy people who just want to talk to someone. And, you you know, it's so cool. I mean, you never, like that concept of not having to be in a waiting room or, you know, all those things is really attractive for a lot of people. It's huge. It's awesome. So we've got a lot of ground to build off of, and we've done a lot of work there, but we can really accelerate that. But I also just want to make a note to be really clear. There are lots of people who really do want to go see a provider and they really want to, they want to be weighed. They want their blood pressure. They want all their questions answered. They want to feel like they're normal. They want to be seen. And for those folks, this is my third goal, which is around our employees. I work with the best people, the smartest, most caring, compassionate, wonderful folks on the planet work at Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains, and they love their jobs. And it's overwhelming. It's frustrating. It's heavy. It's so hard. You know, they get name called when they come to work by protesters every day. Someone's calling them. That is heavy. And so my third goal is to make sure that we are a leading employer, that we've got all the paid leave that people need, that we've got all the resources that they know to know that they can work here and feel like they're their best selves, and um, that we're recruiting the best folks and that we're really changing and growing with what we're seeing in the labor market right now, which is completely unpredictable and, you know, like everyone has a lot of volatility in it. I have a vision that Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains is just wading through that storm. Like we're moving through it with other partners and learning from others about how we take care of folks um, that are working for us. So Adrian, we always love to leave our listeners with just something they can do to get involved, a way they can give back, learn more, help out more. If they were interested in helping, how would they go about that? Yes, I love this question. There's so many things. And so I'll go by order of what's the most helpful, but I want people to find themselves in whatever it is and do the thing that you know really inspires them. But the number one thing that is most helpful right now truly is to donate to Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains because we are covering the healthcare expenses of patients from around the country. Some do come from Mexico. Um, but just to say, these patients, they need childcare, 
Most people who receive an abortion are already parents. They're worried about their kiddos at home. They are already disproportionately impacted by the pandemic and its impact, whether they're working or not working. They may or may not have health insurance. They need gas money. Sometimes they need to stay overnight in a hotel because they've driven so long. And so I am telling you now more than ever, if you are inclined to give philanthropically and you believe in the power of the nonprofit institution, please consider donating to Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains. It will be used well and it will go to patient care. So that's the number one thing that's most helpful. And number two, um, again, if you are so inclined, and I know many, many of your listeners are these kinds of folks. I know y'all write thank you letters. I know you do. You're that kind of person. You think, you feel a sense of um, appreciation and you think to yourself, I just want to reach out. If you could just Google Planned Parenthood of the Rocky Mountains, find an address in any community that you may or may not even be connected to and write a thank you note to my health center staff. They put them up in their rooms. They see them. They talk about them. They read them in the staff meetings. It means so much to them. And I think it's a really wonderful act because it makes me feel like I'm actually part of some kind of direct patient care. So thank you notes are super, super important. Another thing that folks can do is just talk about your experience at Planned Parenthood in places where you feel comfortable doing that. Just like you would talk about the latest um, Netflix marathon that you just went through, some kind of new deal that you got on Amazon, some movie that you're going to go see in the movie theater for the first time in three years. If you could talk about and normalize our healthcare a little bit more, I think that's really important and it does bring out more support and more motivation for folks. Um, so there's that. And then finally, I would say continue to vote, continue to think about democracy in this country. I want to keep Colorado right where we are, and I want to encourage folks from other states to vote as well. Adrian, thank you so much for joining us. It's wonderful to see your face. Need to get together and grab a meal with you at some point, uh, and we can get back together. But thanks for the time, thanks for your leadership, and, and thanks for joining us on the podcast. I, for one, am so incredibly grateful that organizations like Planned Parenthood exist, and it gives me hope for our future. I am also reminded of the importance of a gratitude journal. I think that's something that we started as a family during COVID, and it's really simple. It's set a goal, write three things you're grateful for each day, and it's been really fun to go back and read the entries from this time last year out loud as a family, because it just helps keep things in perspective. So thanks again for joining us on this episode of Good and Grounded. If you know another fabulous leader like Adrian, please drop us a line at podcast at groundfloormedia.com and we will be sure and get back to you. Thanks again and have a great week.